You're listening to the Michelangelo Signorelli Show on Sirius XM. Welcome back. I'm Michelangelo Cigarelli on Sirius XMLQ 109. We have been on this program for 10 years. And for about nine of those years, a good friend of the show, someone who's come on the program uh, quite often, uh, many times when uh, some really contentious, um, ugly, nasty things were happening uh, among the anti-gay conservatives uh, taking on uh, gay rights or sometimes uh, battles inside the community. Um, one person who was here regularly has been Pam Spaulding of PamsHouseBlend.com. Pam founded Pam's House Blend nine years ago and really was a pioneer of the LGBT blogosphere. And... She has really helped us to focus on many issues affecting LGBT people, and particularly looking at the intersection of LGBT rights uh, and civil rights for African Americans, uh, certainly speaking as an African American lesbian, bringing a perspective that is sorely needed uh, in much of LGBT commentary, and coming from North Carolina, bringing the perspective of somebody uh, far beyond New York, Los Angeles, um, you know, the um, typical places where you see a lot of commentary uh, coming from and a lot of journalism. And Pam's House Blend has been a go-to uh, site for all of those years uh, for so many people. And now Pam is announcing, and it's sent a shockwave through <laughs> the LGBT uh, blogosphere. She is not going to be publishing Penn's House Blend anymore. She is retiring after nine years, uh, and it certainly was an incredible uh, nine years, and we thank her for that. Uh, but she has decided she needs to focus on health issues, and she's going to uh, stop uh, doing the blog. And she is somebody who, as I said, comes on the show often, so I invited her to come on right now and talk to us, and here she is. Hi, Pam. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on. It really was, uh, for a lot of people, uh, you know, quite a uh, shock. At the same time, I think almost everybody, certainly people who write blogs, can understand that nine years is, is a pretty long run. And, uh, you know, you really had moved through some incredible times, and now you need to focus on other issues. Yeah, and it, it has been an interesting run. Uh, it reminded me when I made the announcement and posted on you know some listservs and other places besides on the blog, people were reminding me of things that um, we had done on the blend that I have completely forgotten <laughs> that um, I think I'm going to need to uh, gather in order to write my goodbye post. But um, it's a nine years and an incredible amount of things that happened during those nine years, a lot of progress. Um, I mean, it's actually gratifying to see the collapse of the religious right on many of our issues. And I really think that progress happened uh, because of blogs like yours, and really you among a handful of bloggers who really galvanized so many people uh, across the country in the LGBT community. And uh, you just, you know, when you're talking about the collapse of those uh, 
the people in the religious right. You just, you know, didn't ever relent on taking them on, and, and we're all thankful for that. You, you decided to close down the blog on July 1. Uh, was this a long time in coming? Um, well, the July 1 date was to make it on its ninth year, its ninth birthday, to close it down. And obviously, I wanted to try to wait out for the Supreme Court rulings that are coming down the pike, so that sort of worked out well. Um, but in terms of knowing it was coming, uh, I certainly did, because the last, um, since about 2008, I've had two chronic pain conditions, fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis, that have progressively made it much more difficult for me to maintain my full-time job that I've held all of the time that I did the blend. The blend is sort of like a second full-time job. Um, and it was a labor of love. And I realized around the time of the the last Democratic uh, convention that there was no way I could physically do the same work that I did in 2008. Um, and survive it and be able to go back and work. Um, it was just too physically exhausting. And it's just gotten progressively harder to turn out the quality and quantity that you really need to do on a blog to maintain good readership. And that's what helped me make the decision. I, I don't have any regrets in making the decision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we were uh, saying, you've been through um, quite a bit of uh, just, uh, you know, uh, incredible um, posting and journalism and controversies and uh, certainly bringing a perspective of um, those who are often not focused on uh, Autumn Sandine. Sandine had uh, really started blogging for you a few years ago as one of the first uh, prominent transgender bloggers uh, as well. Yeah, I'm really proud of that because that that was a voice that's been missing at, at that time from the from the uh, blogosphere. There really were not any transgender bloggers in, among the A-list blogs, and Autumn had been contributing as a guest diarist um, and posting diaries, and that's where all of my contributors came from. I mean, even uh, today, they all rose from diaries that they contributed or pieces that they contributed, and it was always important for me to have the blend be a diverse uh, set of voices, and so. Um, Autumn came on, and um, I think that that kind of exposure led to more discussion about trans issues, which I think is incredibly important. Let's go back that nine years, very different time. Uh, it, it's it's amazing what's happened, not just politically, but technologically. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the blogs, as political kind of entities um, all across this political spectrum, and not just LGBT, it was all just starting at the time, and it really was an opportunity for so many people to kind of jump in and be a voice. Talk about what got you involved at the time and, and what, it, what it was like um, to be able to do that. Well, of course, um, blogging as it still exists now is largely free. You can sign up at Blogger, which was the platform that I, I started on. Many people did. Um, it was simple, easy to do. And there were not many blogs out there, honestly, and LGBT political blogs, I mean, there was zero. Uh, but if, I, if you think about it, if I think about it, back at that time, I wasn't blogging to an audience. I was just blogging about my frustrations of, you know, the anti-virulently anti-gay campaign that George W. Bush was running. And 
slowly but surely I would cross-post things over at Daily Coast, which at that point didn't have so many diaries that you couldn't, you know, they sped by and no one would read them. Um, you could cross-post at different blogs and people would come back and read. And eventually I had a couple of people comment. And really for the first year to a year and a half, the most that I ever had in terms of readership were maybe 300 visits a day. That was I thought was enormous and I'd never surpass anything like that. Um, so it was easy to find blogs. You didn't get lost in in all of the different kinds of dialogue now. You didn't have traditional media in blogging at all. And in fact, I know you, you can recall this, there was an enormous disdain for political bloggers because there was a wide variety of quality uh, of, of work. It wasn't considered anything like citizen journalism. And so it wasn't until a few years into the blog that I actually started doing um, you know, actual journalism, going out and recording video, audio, um, making it a multimedia effort. Um, which I found gratifying, but again, it's all on your own dime and your own time. Um, so the hard work I felt was worth it to expose uh, it to people who didn't have an idea, for instance, about what it's like to be gay in the South or a person of color in the South, the intersection. Um, it, it was something that you weren't seeing a lot of in the LGBT community in particular. Yeah, and it was, I mean, as you describe it, uh, a time when you really could kind of get in the game, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, y you would see uh, bloggers who really kind of built up an audience over a period of time and were really able to do it and get that kind of visibility. Right, and, and usually, and everybody's blog had different kinds of readership. You know, a lot of it skewed toward the personality of the blogger that came across in their writing. When I moved to a different platform, Soapblocks, that allowed diaries to be contributed by people, um, that was the immense time of growth uh, because we had people contributing from all over the country their experiences and sharing their experiences about um, what it's like to be LGBT around the country. And I think that, along with... Um, all of the hubbub around the election of Barack Obama or the entire primary leading up to that, I think there were just lots of issues coming to the fore that made it a very vibrant time for political dialogue. And it also was at the same time where blogs were starting to inflame um, political campaigns and our LGBT organizations who couldn't figure out what to do about what bloggers were saying. Yeah, and really, um, for you, it was a really kind of, I, I think, uh, a really kind of energizing time to sort of really take on a lot of these political uh, entities and uh, also taking on national gay groups uh, as well. And, and you were really fierce in your opinions. Oh, definitely. I mean, we had the whole, you know, uh, not not giving any money to the DNC. Um, sometimes that spurred protests at events. Um, definitely after appearances by um, HRC people on television, there would be immediate reaction um, to those kinds of things. Any kind of comment was always dissected later. And I think the immediacy of that being dissected uh, with an alternative view, which was sometimes quite irreverent, um, was shocking. And I think it took a lot of institutions off guard and they, trying they, to figure out how to co-opt it or kill it was not it was impossible so i think learning to figure out what to do about it was, was an interesting uh, thing to watch unfold yeah it really was suddenly 
uh, a voice and voices because, um, as you said, you had diaries, but also people in the comments, and they just knew that so many people were reading. Suddenly, voices they had to deal with that they previously didn't have to deal with, whether it was a political campaign or a gay group or uh, any other uh, entity, uh, they had to just deal with the mainstream media as the gatekeeper. Now, it was really uh, the people, and they had to answer to that. And that really did change the way that uh, politics, but also the way that, in this case, gay groups operated. Absolutely. I mean, this is why you saw the rise of institutional blogs. And um, in, in all of my travels and talking to people who deal with working at, at organizations where they have institutional blogs, there are many, many more rules about what gets posted on a blog and how many hands have to see what's going to get posted. And that's very different than the freedom that independent blogs have to, uh, for better or worse, put uh, unfiltered content out there that can't be necessarily um, disarmed by an institutional blog's response. Uh, that has to be very measured, or a press release from the White House that clearly has to go through many hands. So the response to what was being said by the people oftentimes was uh, was muted or frustrated. And it was, it was an interesting you know, tug of war that you would see in, in terms of PR damage control. How has it changed uh, over the years, or, or has it changed? I mean, we were, I was alluding to it when I said it was easier to sort of get in the game, so to speak, nine years ago. Is it harder now? Have voices been shut out? Are the blogs that are, that, um, are speaking out as independent voices having the impact that they had? I think it's hard to say. What I can say is that it's much harder to get in the game just because of the sheer volume of blogs out there um, and voices. There's also, I think, um, a realization by many people who want to start a blog that to be successful at it is such a high bar at this point because you have to not only be committed to posting daily but posting multiple times daily, finding the outlets to promote what you're writing. Um, it's much more difficult now. And you have the advent of social media, which really wasn't around at all when um, I started Pam's House Blend. And now that's an integral part of running your blog, is that you have to not only write, but you have to promote and uh, post on Facebook and Twitter um, and any other outlets to get the word around. And it's been interesting to see how much more a response I have to things that I say in very short form, obviously, on Facebook or Twitter or Google+, than anything I post on the blog currently. Well, and, and that's kind of the blessing and curse of social media. It, it, you, you need it, and it does work at bringing traffic to a blog. You post something on Facebook uh, or Twitter. It brings, brings people there, but at the same time, Everyone is a blogger with a Facebook page, and, you know, nobody, uh, you know, f feels like they need to go to all these blogs. Right, and I think it dilutes the impact, quite frankly. I mean, I think, yes, yeah, social media is very powerful, and it can cause action through like sort of crowdsourcing, um, generating like a, a, a real rise of expectation and feedback from whatever the source of, the, you know, the controversy is. But um, that anybody can get into that game. It's 140 characters on Twitter, um, and anybody can say whatever they want. Um, so you do have to think about um, your impact as a trusted voice and how you can communicate effectively in short-form media. I felt that I feel at this time 
the investment of time that it would take for me to do the level of quality and quantity on the blog in long form. I'm sure I could post a link in a couple of sentences up there, but that hasn't been traditionally how I've written. Um, and that, to me, it was going to be too disappointing to have to feel obligated just to get a number of posts up without any sense of feeling or connection anymore. When I'm on social media, I'm going to still continue to be on social media, but it has surprised me, how, because I haven't posted with great regularity on the blog, how many people come to me and say they read me all the time. And I'm saying, well, I wonder what they're reading. But I think they're actually reading my Twitter feed or Facebook um, as a substitute for clicking over and reading a long-form piece. So I find that that evolution is quite interesting. Do you find it more satisfying, the posting on the social media? Um, satisfying in that there's immediacy and response in comments. Um, the the nature of how blogs are set up now to avoid trolling and you know vitriol requires moderation of comments. And so for people to register and then comment is much of a chore when people can just click into a Facebook you know page and post whatever they'd like. So I enjoy the immediacy of response from social media. Uh, what I miss is doing deep analysis or thought pieces or things like that. But like I said, I can't. I just can't turn it out anymore. I used to be up at all hours of the night, and I, I can't do it anymore. I, I, I marveled at how you uh, ever did it. I mean, it, it, it is really um, an enormous uh, amount of work. And in addition to, you know, promoting the blog and uh, being out there doing interviews, coming on our show, that kind of thing, you also had a full-time job. Right, and I had to use all that paid time off. I was burning the candle at both ends. I was going to panels most of the time at my expense, uh, going to conventions that I would use ad revenue to send my co-bloggers and myself to. Um, there was a lot of offline activism going, so it wasn't just the blog. Um, one of the things I wanted to prove is that my activism was not just armchair activism or cheap right. stained PJ's activism, but that you can do both and be effective at it. But I can tell you that you pay the price for doing I, it that hard for that long. Well, Pam, uh, you've done enormous things, and you've broken uh, ground for so many people. Uh, really just amazing. Thank you so much. We wish you well. Pam Spaulding, Pam's House Blend, social media. Find her on Facebook. We're back in a few minutes. You're listening to the Michelangelo Seniorelli Show on Sirius XM.